0: I worried it was getting a little dodgy in the middle part, but then that finale, <laughs> wow!
1: Hello and welcome to Two for One, the podcast where we discuss two movies based on the same source material in order to compare their relative merits and faults. I'm Claire. And I'm David. All right. So, how are we feeling today, David?
0: Oh, feeling pretty good. We're recording on a Friday night, so uh it's always kind of a good feeling. How are you doing?
1: School's out for the weekend.
0: Yeah, kind of the same feeling, I guess. Mhm. And it's June, so school's almost out forever. Yes. Yeah. So that's nice. And do you want to tell us how we ended up picking this this one?
1: Uh because of school. Yeah. So uh, if you don't know, I am a middle school teacher, and my students had to read a children's version of Beowulf, um, so got to wanting to see some on-screen versions of them, and that's what's led us to yeah, movies somehow, we'll be discussing.
0: Somehow this turned into me watching two <laughs> versions of Beowulf within the same week. Um,
1: yeah, and only is... later me realizing that the children's version I had read Took huge liberties with the poems, so it's not even right. really connected to the stories. So
0: it's all Claire's fault, and <laughs> uh, we really we we started this under false pretenses. But um, <laughs> yeah, why don't why don't we just uh, get started? So today we're going to be discussing two versions of Beowulf, which is an old English uh, English language poem written around one thousand CE. The two versions of the film are Beowulf and Grendel, a joint Canadian-Icelandic production from 2005, and Beowulf, just Beowulf, a Hollywood action movie that came out a couple years later in 2007. So the earlier movie, Beowulf and Grendel, uh, that follows Frothgar, the king of Denmark, whose Great Hall is under constant threat from a monster known as Grendel, labeled a troll and depicted as a large, burly, hairy and possibly less evolved human creature. Beowulf and his crew of Geats. I guess they're kind of a tribe from Sweden, they arrive from across the sea to answer the call for a hero to slay the monster. As Beowulf and team set out to destroy Grendel, they begin to learn more about the monster and about Hrothgar's reign. Beowulf eventually injures the troll to the point that it retreats to the sea. And while Denmark expects a reprieve from the violence, the Danes and the Geats soon realize that the job won't be done until they've taken care of a new threat, Grendel's mother. Uh, that's pretty much the synopsis of the movie. Um, this movie, even though I think it's mostly an Icelandic production, it uh, is in English and most of the stars are from the English-speaking world. Um, it stars Gerard Butler as Beowulf, uh, Stellan Skarsgård as Frothgar, Ingvar E Sigurdsson as Grendel, Fringar Ingvarsson as Young Grendel. I'm not good with these uh, Nordic names here.
1: No, but you know what you are good at.
0: Yeah, everything. Everything else.
1: <laughs> Identifying what the names mean.
0: Yeah, Young Grendel's only in this movie for ten seconds, but it was like during the credits, and they were one after the other, and I was, I saw. I saw uh, Ingvar E. Sigurdsson, and then Hringar Ingvarsson, and I was like, oh, I wonder if that's father and son playing. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Sarah, Sarah Polly plays Selma. Eddie Morrison uh, plays Father Brendan, and Rory McCann plays Brecca.:
1: So that's more or less the characters from the first movie. A lot of similar names in the second movie, some differences, some characters become more important or less important. But here we go. The second movie we're discussing, called Beowulf, tells basically the same story. Hrothgar, king of the Danes, is celebrating in his great mead hall when the sound of merriment reaches Grendel this enormous monstrosity with self-inflicted sores all over and some crazy eardrum nonsense that makes him super sensitive to this noise. After Grendel attacks the Hall, a call is put out and Beowulf shows up to handle Frothgar's business. When the Great Hall is attacked again, Beowulf is able to trap Grendel and sever his arm before the creature escapes to his nearby cave. Hrothgar celebrates Beowulf's victory by gifting him a golden drinking horn. Beowulf and his lieutenant, Wiglaf pursue a new threat now, which is Grendel's mother, who seduces and makes a deal with Beowulf. He will remain king so long as she can keep his golden horn. So because of that, Beowulf soon inherits Hrothgar's kingdom, including his wife Wilthial, and forges Denmark into a military power dominating nearby nations and tribes, but his lies come back to haunt him. Uh, he had told everyone he had slain Grendel's mother, but uh, as that was not actually the case, when his deal with her breaks, the kingdom is soon haunted by a new threat, a golden dragon. So Basically the same, but obviously some pretty key differences. <laughs> Let me just run you through the cast real quick. We've got Ray Winstone as Beowulf. Crispin Glover plays Grendel. Angelina Jolie as Grendel's mother. Anthony Hopkins plays Tim Hofgar, John Malkovic is Unferth. Brendan Gleeson is Wigloff. And Robin Wright is Wheelfow. Um We should probably mention that although they are playing these characters, this movie is created with CGI, so the actors are more or less identifiable as who they are, but it's it's strange. Well, the motion picture teleplay was uh, respectful and exhibited tastefulness and class. Who
0: made you an expert all of a sudden? The, if, if there's one thing you know about this movie, it's that. That it is motion capture slash computer generated. Um... Like I didn't know anything about this movie, but I remember seeing the commercials for it, and it was just like PlayStation Two graphics, Angelina Jolie coming out of the water, and that's like all I remembered about this movie, uh, which is pretty accurate to the movie, I think. You know, yeah. except I will say that the graphics vary between PlayStation Two and like PlayStation Five, because <laughs> there are there are times when, like I thought Anthony Hopkins as Rothgar. I thought he looked great you know but Mm -hmm. then it'll have some like goofy thing and it'll be like this looks absolutely terrible and they always they keep doing these like weird shots where at one point Beowulf is like I'm gonna fight Grendel naked and they're like (laughs) why and he's like I don't know because it'll look cool and uh then like they do it and they keep showing him except instead of like they don't want to show his CGI penis so they show like a sword or something in front of it And then there's like a bunch of shots where they'll have like arrows and uh, like, I don't know, different weapons and it'll look like a 3D thing. And I was like, was this supposed to be in 3D? But then I looked it up and I don't think that it was released in 3D. So I don't know. You're kidding. I don't know why they did that.
1: I didn't bother looking that up because I was so sure. I could be wrong. so many times spears and shit are coming at the screen.
0: I could be wrong, but it, I like, I... I think this was a little bit before the like three D craze, which was kicked which off was weird by I guess mm-hmm. Avatar a couple of years later. Um, but yeah, like it's weird, and at times it looks like Frozen, and
1: like the Disney movie Frozen. Yeah, except yes, it without absolutely does, especially Robin Wright's character. She did not look human at all.
0: Yeah, but like without the art direction of like a quality. <laughs> animated movie yes, you know Yes. so like it, it's just like very inconsistent and I think it creates like weird inconsistent tones um where you don't know like is this supposed to be silly like is the fact that like he threw a thing and it stopped right in front of the camera and then pulled it back are we supposed to think that's like cool or what but then it gets into like some real deep shit later and you're supposed to just forget that it's CGI mm-hmm. and it's it's very interesting anyway that's that's all on aside. um but just in case you're wondering, like, was that the movie that Angelina Jolie was naked coming out of the thing and she's CGI? That's yes, the movie. That's the movie.
1: <laughs> and that is basically still how it summarized that movie after having seen it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, in speaking about how these movies are created, I think we should also mention that Beowulf and Grendel, which was filmed entirely in Iceland, uh, had its... It has its own sort of weirdness to the way it looks and comes off
0: yeah yeah i don't want to sound jingoistic but like i i don't trust the icelandic film industry to make something that looks like a hollywood movie you know what i mean i do yeah like so they have grendel in this movie and maybe we should just talk about grendel for a second grendel's like this monster and uh, I don't think it's ever clear in the poem like what he actually is, you know. Mm-hmm. Like monsters a thousand years ago are just monsters, and you don't need to explain. In the two thousand five version, Beowulf and Grendel, it's just kind of like a big guy,
1: yeah, like a very tall dude who He's doesn't have a, a great grasp of speaking language, but
0: yeah. And I was kind of kind of wondering, like, are they trying to depict him as like a like a Uh, A human, but like a uh, non-modern human? I don't think so,
1: because when we see that that great acting from that five-year-old in the first scene... He's got a beard? He's got a beard, so I think they're clearly non-human.
0: Well, I don't know. That could be their depiction of, like, Neanderthals, you know? Hmm. Hmm? Um, Or, Hmm. like, uh, I don't know enough about early anthropology, but, like, another...
1: They definitely look close to humans. Although, when we meet Grendel's mother in, like, the final ten minutes of the movie, she's definitely, like, a water hag
0: creature. She's she's her own thing? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean... Yeah, I think the movie, at times, it looked good, you know? I think, like, Iceland's cool to to just get the, the scenery, you know?
1: Yes, but... But it wasn't filmed great, you know? I mean, I would think it too, when you're talking about on location filming, like, you gotta think about Lord of the Rings and how gorgeous those movies are, Mm -hmm. you know? And you can't think about New Zealand without thinking about Lord of the Rings. You can't think about Lord of the Rings without picturing New Zealand you know these gorgeous well, landscapes and
0: both of these movies I think you can't you can't watch these movies they take place in these mead halls without like if you've seen Lord of the Rings you have to be thinking of like Feanor and Rohan and Edoras right which like takes place in his hall and the way that they talk in in those books I think Tolkien based that language on old English and it just sounds very similar um Just as
1: a complete aside, but Tolkien did work on translating Beowulf. Oh yeah, no, he was—he
0: was like—he was like a a linguist, right? Like he wrote Lord of the Rings just because he wanted to like create his own uh, pseudo
1: fairy tale for, or not fairy tale mythology for. Yeah, he wanted to create
0: mythologies for like these pseudo old English languages that he was writing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but then like. Yeah, definitely a nerd. But then these movies came out after Lord of the Rings, so you can't not be thinking about yeah. the movies. Yeah. And yeah, especially... and how to make
1: the landscape part of the film.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So
1: you've got a film crew. You're in Iceland. It's got to be gorgeous. And it's just not. And I will make one point here, and then we'll get back to talking about Grenville because that's more what this is about. But the... The Beowulf and Grendel film really just doesn't look good, but it might not have totally been their fault because a few years after the movie came out, the people who created the movie, um, including uh, Gerard Butler, he's involved in this, they released a documentary called Wrath of Gods about just all of the production issues they had with like hurricane-level wind, boats leaking, like just a bunch of everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Now I haven't seen the documentary, so I don't know. But maybe we can give them a little forgiveness and consider maybe their budget as well for why it might not look super great. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's probably a budget thing. Like, you know, I I think the production values in general just look like shit. You
1: know. Maybe that's why they were like, how should we depict Grendel? Let's get a big guy.
0: <laughs> but it makes me wonder, like, how did they get Gerard Butler? Because I think this is right after uh, the Phantom, Phantom of, the Opera.
1: of the Opera. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's a few years after that. So he's already, like, he's gotten his big break. And Stellan Skarsgård, I think, is already Stellan Skarsgård.
1: I think Stellan Skarsgård came out of the womb being Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, doing his, like, momently, like, <laughs> yeah.
0: that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't, you know, I mean, they got, and they're great in the movie, I think. Uh, oh, they especially are Especially Stellan Skarsgård.
1: Scenes of just the two of them together, best part of the movie. Great part of the movie. In a yeah. movie that's not
0: Well, <laughs> all right, let's 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 take one thing at a time. We'll get to acting in a second. Let's just go back one step at a time. Grendel. Grendel, Grendel. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just a guy. It's kind of a tall guy. But then in the two thousand seven version, uh, which is all CGI, it's sort of, it's more of like a golem situation where you have someone who's playing the character and doing motion capture, but their, uh, their movements are grafted onto a creature that is not human and doesn't like walk or move like a human, uh, and the way he looks is you know he's way. Uh, more monstrous, way bigger, uh he's kind of always like attacking himself and like creating these gashes in his flesh, which is kind of scaly, you know it looks mm-hmm. like so later on in the movie, Grendel's mother has another child, and it's like this golden, perfect dragon, and he's I think also that...
1: sometimes a perfect golden man,
0: yeah, but I think just like comparing those two, it's like it's like one is like uh someone who came out not quite right and maybe it's because of the father mm. and then the other came out perfectly and you know the only difference is their hmm. father right?
1: Yeah I hadn't thought about that but yeah.
0: Yeah and in addition to uh the way he looks I I thought it was really cool that he's the only person in this movie or creature in this movie that speaks in old English and there's uh a conversation. There's a scene where he has a conversation with his mother, and she's speaking modern English, and he's speaking old English. And I think he speaks slowly enough and using very few words, so that it's actually pretty easy to understand both sides of the conversation. Uh, and that's that's sort of the only the only use we get for old English in this movie. But I, th- I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, so. cool nod to the poem being in old English.
0: Yeah, yeah, and again, pretty easy to understand, even though we obviously don't speak that language, but that's just an aside and very, very minor part of the movie. Many, brand.
1: They have slain so many of our kind.
0: Man, macken, Man, bellowed and gladmood! Man, Hermod.
1: The other thing I'll point out with uh, Grendel that I hated about his depiction, I mean, I wish that they'd gone way farther into making him look like a monster, but in particular, and this is the the Beowulf, the 2007 version I'm talking about, which already looks much more like a monster than the 2005 version, but they seemed to go to lengths to make sure his eyes looked very human, and I think that's part of... The fact that he is part human, which maybe we'll get to more uh, when we talk about how exactly Grendel came to be in both of these movies, but I thought it looked so much less monstrous to make his eyes look like that. So just one aspect of him that really stood out to me as not making him the terrifying monster that I personally think Grendel should be if it's a monster-slaying
0: movie. Well, I think... In both of these movies, they both have the same two ideas about Grendel, and one is that Grendel is not really the what this movie's about. Mm-hmm. Even the one that's called Beowulf and Grendel isn't really about Grendel. It's about the way that the Danes react to Grendel and interact with each other, and then Beowulf uh, is sort of about Beowulf himself and like his evolution as a character and uh, the nature of heroism, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. So
0: that's point one. And then point two is that both of these movies, I think, are very sympathetic to Grendel. Very. And, like, try to either give him, like, a backstory, like you said in 2005. um, We see the child, Grendel, uh, being protected by his father and being hunted by the Danes. And later you find out that, I don't know, like, the father had committed some infraction, some minor infraction against Hrothgar. And Hrothgar chased him down.
1: Yes, he stole a fish.
0: He stole a fish from Hrothgar, Mm -hmm. the king of Denmark. And uh, he got chased down and then he saved his son. And when Hrothgar saw Grendel as a child, he was like, I'm going to let him go. Yeah, I just
1: killed your dad in front of you. Grendel, you can grow up and hate me for the rest of your life.
0: And that happens. And then later, when Beowulf shows up... uh, like Grendel comes in and he attacks certain people, but not others. And Beowulf's like, yeah. "Why didn't he attack me?"
1: It's almost like Beowulf has a sixth sense as to who has offended him. Um,
0: you mean Grendel does?
1: Who? Who would I say? Beowulf. Oh yes, I mean Grendel. Yes, that Grendel literally only attacks people who have harmed him in some way, even if Grendel wasn't there to see them do it, um, because there is one uh, soldier in particular who destroys Grendel's mummified head of his father, which he's kept in his den. Grendel wasn't there to see it, but next time we see Grendel, he is ripping that that person apart. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: never attacking people who never harmed him first.
0: Yeah. And likewise in the two thousand seven version, he's just kind of like this pathetic monstrosity and
1: Very pathetic.
0: He's like, like you know, he's attacking himself and like He lives miles away, and they keep making a point to show that every time the Danes are, like, laughing or drinking together in their hall, he can hear it, and he's, like, tormented by this. And he only really attacks when it's, like, especially egregious, right? And they're making a lot of noise, and he comes, and he does his thing. But, like, he doesn't have a lot of... I I don't know. I don't think he has any malice. He's just sort of, like, this creature... Right? Yeah, he's just... He's this creature in pain.
1: Reacting to, yeah, his pain. Exactly. Because they, they animate the way his ear vibrates. And it's just Yeah.
0: And that becomes a big thing when he fights Beowulf. Beowulf is, Beowulf
1: just wails on Beowulf the ear. Beowulf sees oh.
0: it and just, like, punches him in the eardrum for, like, a minute and, yeah, and a half. Yeah, and it just and, and squishes. Grendel's, like, Beowulf. screaming. and Yeah, that was... Yeah, that was that was a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the big uh, fight scene in, in the 2007 version.
1: Uh, let's We definitely have more to get into there, but let's just cover all the ground before we get into the nitty-gritty, which is some of these additional characters. So you've obviously got Hrothgar and Beowulf as the main guys. Hrothgar is the king. Beowulf is the hero. But both movies introduce sort of some side characters in order to alter the story's meaning and purpose uh, but especially Beowulf and Grendel which introduces two totally new characters not in the epic poem the first being Father Brendan who is trying to convert everybody to Christianity and the second being Selma who is a she's viewed as a witch she's been cast out from society but um, much like such women are she's sort of relied upon for advice and foretellings and everything so you've sort of got two competing influences uh, mm-hmm. for the people so they're terrified that Grendel is attacking them some of them follow Father Brendan and convert to Christianity and some including Hrothgar's wife go to Selma for advice and aid and when Beowulf shows up I don't know if he ever talks to Father Brendan but he ends up relying on Selma a lot and she turns out to be a pretty crucial character However, I think we have some thoughts as to her well,
0: performance. let's take them one at a time. All right, let's 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 talk about Selma first, because she does not appear in the 2007 version. She's just in the She's 2005 version. She's totally made version. up, yes. Uh, and I guess likewise with Father Brendan, but I feel like that has more relevance to 2007. So Selma, like as Claire said, she is living by herself, um, sort of seen as a witch, ostracized from society, but still in some ways helpful. Uh, She's played by Sarah Polly, and she's, like, really terribly acted, I think. Like, her line delivery is really laughably bad, and I think part of it is that they have all these, um, European, uh, either Nordic or British actors. I mean, I think Gerard Butler's British, right? But, like, Stellan Skarsgård and so many of the other Danes and Geats are played by um, people from Scandinavia, uh, and then you have Rory McCann playing one of uh, one of Beowulf's boys, who I guess is also I think he's British,
1: mm-hmm. and he has such charisma. I mean, he stands he really out does. even though his role is pretty minor.
0: He really does. Uh, yeah, and I mean everybody loves him from Game of Thrones, but he he's great in this movie too. Yeah, I
1: haven't seen Game of Thrones, and I loved him.
0: Yeah, but Sarah Polly, like, so I think she's Canadian. Yeah, and, and I
1: chalked it up to that. This woman clearly has a different accent. Not, that's why she's standing. She doesn't out bother to me.
0: doing an accent. <laughs> I think like it's it's very off putting, and she's supposed to be, I don't know, like a little bit mysterious, and like she's got the least foreign sounding accent to most of the people that are going to be watching this movie in English, right?
1: Oh, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah,
0: uh, so I think that's that's a very strange choice. And aside from that, for, like, a character that they wrote specifically for this movie in 2005, like, it's pretty weird what what her, like, role was. You know what I mean?
1: The character Selma herself? Yeah. Oh my god, yes. This character Selma, an outcast from society, also has this relationship with Grendel. um, Which seems clear right from the start, because she's telling Beowulf, like, have you noticed he's not attacking you? Like, Beowulf picks up on the fact that she knows knows where to find him and everything. But then, towards the end of the movie, the truth comes out, and she just starts telling Beowulf this story of Grendel showing up in her hut and raping her. And then she says, he's come back every night since, but never touched me again, and has always protected me. The entire, like, story telling of this rape was out of the blue and strange. Like, I had nothing else to really yeah. say about it. It was odd and out of place, but the reason I th- it was included is because a child came from that union, and I guess Selma has been raising it, but the child is also aware that Grendel is his? The child was a boy?
0: I think so. I think so.
1: Uh, very androgynous looking child, which is why I wasn't totally sure. But yes, so I that's... just don't remember.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the child is aware that Grendel is his father, so there's sort of this lingering question at the end of because Beowulf killed Grendel, will this child want to avenge Grendel and come for Beowulf? Plus, there's this added, like, okay, Beowulf started having his own romantic, sexual relationship with Selma.
0: Consensually, though.
1: Consensu- yes. Thank you for pointing that out because, yes, the movie just throws stuff at us. Yes, <laughs> this relationship with Selma, but she's never welcomed back into society, so she and her son are sort of constantly in danger from the Danes, and Beowulf sort of warns her to keep her son safe. So it's yeah. sort of like all of us might attack each other in the future.
0: Yeah, you know. and I think like you pointed out, the last twenty minutes of the movie is when they find out that Grendel's dead. Yes, but Grendel's mother is still alive, and she's like a new character and a new villain. And you You're were
1: expecting her if you know the poem, but
0: but I but <laughs> you were just like okay, introducing a new character in the last twenty minutes of the yeah. movie. I'm with it, you know. But that's around the time that like uh, that Selma reveals all this stuff when we're talking about production values, I think writing and like pacing are part of that. Mm-hmm. That like maybe some of this should have been introduced a little bit earlier and like if you're going to introduce Selma saying, Yes, I've had a relationship with Grendel and you're gonna say that relationship was, Oh, he raped me but he only raped me one time, we don't necessarily know how to respond to that and maybe the movie has to do a bit of a bit of a better job telling us like what we're supposed yeah. to think about that. And I think the idea we're supposed to get is that Grendel is an okay dude, you know? Because, like, <laughs> the Danes and the Geats are, like, pretty rapey, right? Mm-hmm. In both movies, I think. that's kind Especially of like, in the 2007 version, that's which is not of, the one we're talking about. Babe. No, but that's kind of, like, a, a theme and maybe part of, like, how these movies are responding to the poem itself. Mm-hmm. But then to, to have the only explicit... Rape in the movie, big Grendel raping Selma, and then her being basically okay with it and actually defending him as like a good guy. Yeah, that is a very weird thing, and it never really is explained why we should think that was like a good thing. I don't know. I feel like we're not even describing it right. Like you have to, you have to like watch this whole movie and then get not an hour and a half in and see this scene and be like, okay, yeah, you know.
1: Which means you have to have gotten that far in the movie without being like. Which we almost did. Watching this movie.
0: I, I think we almost did not.
1: I asked you twice before that scene if we should just stop. <laughs> so.
0: Well, we started watching this I think after midnight, and it was, it was like we've late. gone this far. <laughs> it was like one or two o'clock at night, and we we're like, we, we've gone this far. We need to just power through. Like we've got to be close to the end of this movie, you know. Yeah. But I do wonder, like, if Sarah Polly was better at acting? If Selma think,
1: would have been a better character or if we would have gotten a deeper understanding? Both. Like, do you think yeah. there was
0: more there that, like, she could have picked up if she was capable? Or if, she, if maybe she was just miscast or something?
1: I think probably. I think you've incepted me a little bit with the uh, Polly being the root of the issues. Because, like I said, I just had her accent sticking out to me at first. But maybe, yeah, maybe she is just miscast.
0: All right, so the other one that you wanted to talk about was Father Brendan.
1: No, I got nothing to say about Father Brendan, actually, but I think he leads us to Unferth in the 2007 version because in the 2007 version, Beowulf, we have the character Unferth who is from the poem, but this movie sort of turns him into a father brendan sort of character while still maintaining the unfirth of the poem in this movie he's played by john malkovich malkovich
0: malkovich i think
1: malkovich john malkovich um great actor so he definitely brings a presence to the character Unfirth is sort of a an unpleasant sort of dude but they also sort of merge him with the father brendan character from the 2005 version not Like, consciously, I think, since Father Brendan was completely made up for Beowulf and Grendel. But they have John Malkovich's Malkovich's Unferth be sort of this, this Christian missionary who's trying to convert the pagans. And that's only one of the many ways he's sort of subverting Hrothgar's hall. And he's just sort of this overall shady character. And... I wonder in the poem, as well as in this movie, sort of what does Unferth bring to the story itself? He's not totally absent from Beowulf and Grendel. There is an Unferth, but it's just some dude who goes, I was drunk when everybody died, and I wasn't there to protect anyone. And that's like it. And that's also sort of in keeping with who Unferth is in the poem, but I'm disappointed that that's all there was, because I think... If you're making Beowulf, the way you depict Unferth is going to sort of help define what you're saying with your movie. And I thought the choices they made in Beowulf were interesting. But basically, Unferth is meant to be this negative force against Frothgar and Beowulf. So, I don't know. What did you... Did you... Because you haven't read the poem, right? No, I haven't. And I have recently found out that I have not read it either, <laughs> but, like, did his character strike you at all? Like, did you have any thoughts? Did he add to the story for you?
0: Well, at first I thought, in the 2007 version, I thought, this is a very warm tongue situation. And so, from the two towers, you know, Thayden has mm-hmm. his advisor who's been, like, poisoning his mind. And yeah.
1: Even visually kind of similar.
0: Yeah. Yeah, very much so, and so I wondered, like, if that was something that Tolkien had grabbed from Beowulf, and then this movie grabbed visually from Lord of the Rings. But I have no idea. That was just my own speculation. But then in the second half of the movie, he, like, he has a face turn. Is that what you would call it? Like, he kind of goes from being a, a weaselly. Bad guy to something of a good guy, right?
1: Does he become a good guy? What's I mean, your evidence for that?
0: So, like in the so in the first half of the movie, Beowulf is like a hero, but he's a foreigner, and Unferth mistrusts him and uh, thinks he's like a liar and a fraud. And Beowulf's telling all these crazy stories about fighting sea monsters and stuff, and he's just like, yeah, that's bullshit, and it, it probably is bullshit. We never really find out. Um, and then halfway through the movie, Unferth realizes that Beowulf is kind of a real hero and just totally changes his mind about Beowulf. And then when Beowulf makes a deal with Grendel's mother to become king forever and he becomes king, he earns Unferth's loyalty until the end of the movie when Unferth realizes that his... Reign is built on fraud. Oh, right. There's literally...
1: He does an about-face, basically, in the scene. I don't know if we mentioned this, but the way Beowulf becomes king is Frothgar just walks on up and jumps out the window. All
0: right, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we talk about what happens in the second half of 2007's Beowulf and then get back to Unferth? Go for it. So... 2005 is mostly about, you know, they're killing Grendel, and then the last half hour you find out Grendel wasn't the only threat. Grendel's mother is a real thing, and they kill Grendel's mother and everybody's happy, right?
1: Well, not Grendel, or his mother, or Selma, or her son.
0: Right, but they're either dead or just happy to be not dead, right? (laughs) Yes. Um... And then in two thousand seven it's kind of going along that it's kind of going along that path.
1: They kill Grendel.
0: Well they kill Grendel.
1: They realize they have to take care of the mother because oh my goodness, she fucks them up. Yeah, so she shows up and it's just I mean, that was a legitimately horrifying scene after Grendel's mother went through the hall in the two thousand seven movie Beowulf. It's just bodies strung throughout the hall.
0: Oh uh, yeah, you don't see it, but everybody's just hanging. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she fucks them up, and then they're like, "Oh, this is a big problem." So Beowulf goes, and he shows up, and she's like, "Do you want to fuck me instead of killing me?" And he's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Okay, but the deal is, like, you give me the uh, the drinking horn that Frothgar gave you, and you'll be king forever, and nobody can kill you as long as I have this drinking horn." He's like, "Okay." And then they have sex. And then it fast forwards like fifty years and he's like an old man and he's conquering the whole world and you know, he's a great king and Unfirth is like one of his subjects, but now he's like a Christian missionary. I don't know if he was Christian before. Or at <laughs> least I didn't was, yeah. I didn't pick up on that. Okay. They're like, oh, I remember the day that you killed Grendel's mother. That was like the day that like we accepted Christ as king or something like that.
1: Oh, she... That was his mistress being like, yes, every year we celebrate right. you killing Grendel. And then the next day we celebrate Christ's birth or <laughs> something right. like
0: that. Like they sing the song of Beowulf. Yes. Right. But the song is all bullshit, and we know it's bullshit, but then it's even more bullshit than what, like, we know he told them. So I interpreted it as, like, at some point they became Christian, and they wove that narrative into Beowulf's, like, heroism, right? Like, Beowulf's uh, slaying Mm of Grendel and Grendel's mother. That's the way I interpreted it, because he was... Unferth was more outwardly Christian, I thought. At least in the second half of the movie. And I didn't even realize yeah, that he was... Yes, the cross
1: gets bigger. <laughs> yeah.
0: I didn't realize he was uh, supposed to be Christian in the yeah, first Yeah, he
1: makes a suggestion to Hrothgar at the beginning, before Beowulf comes, if they should pray to the Christian god for help. And Hrothgar basically gives him the brush off.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: My thoughts here do have to do with how Christianity is depicted in both movies. Which definitely... In both of them, it seems like it is a destructive force to the culture of these people. That Beowulf is sort of one of the last heroes of this culture that is slowly being taken over by Christianity. At least that's my interpretation informed by a couple things. You see these Christian missionaries in Father Brendan and in unfirth, and it's just sort of a story you've seen in other depictions of media of just christianity wiping out native cultures like at the end of apocalypto when yes
0: he he reaches the coast and you see the missionaries arriving on a on a little a launch boat i guess is that what you would call it Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah and they've got the "Mm, big cross they've got the big cross they're already
0: like (laughs) baptizing him. he's not even on the shore
1: Yeah. yeah um and look, I think that is a well worth exploring story, you know, because it played but, out throughout human history. Well, I get what you're times. saying, that it's
0: it's like tropey in the sense that we've seen it in cinema and we know what like yes. this missionary showing up means, yeah. you know?
1: Like, we know between Father Brendan and Selma, Selma the witch is going to be the person who knows the truth, you know? But all that to say, uh, my version of Beowulf that I read was very Christian, or I should say rather, it's very like Judean Christian myth. And when I was looking up, okay, let me find out about the real epic poem, it seems like there's sort of a point of contention there of is it a Christian poem that incorporates some pagan ideas because that's the culture it's representing or was it originally an oral pagan legend That then became Christianized over time. And the biggest part about that that in the poem itself is that in the poem, very unlike both of the movies, Grendel is the son of Cain. You know, Cain, the son of Adam and Eve who killed his brother and is just considered the first murderer, awful, evil human in the
0: world. Is that not metaphorical? Like, son of Cain?
1: Well, I mean, I think in speaking it would be but in the book again and this is so frustrating that i read a fake translation well, it's, of
0: it. it's all fake i mean it's all but
1: no i think it is actually meant it's all a translation like, that cain is the father of monsters and i think it's actually very similar to like echidna in greek mythology after the battle between zeus and the titans and zeus and the olympians have taken over Well, that doesn't mean the danger's gone. You've got Echidna, who had had her relationship with Typhon, the monster, and every single monster in Greek mythology is a child of Echidna, you know? And that's cool. I mean, that's cool to me and, like, my interest in mythology. And I just think that Judeo-Christian myths can be interesting, too. And -hmm. if you have a story that has a Judeo-Christian myth, like Lilith or something, or in this case, like, a child of Cain... That can be cool and interesting. You can make it a cool mythology story and not be like, you know what? Scrap that. Let's instead have them all believe in Odin and Thor and Christianity's this boogeyman coming for them. Like, that's just not what the poem well, was.
0: I think what they were going for was they were trying to show that Beowulf's later career was built on... Like, the story of Beowulf that we know is like a lie. You know? It's like a mm-hmm. propaganda And I think they were saying, oh, they retconned it later to be more Christian. And uh, to include all these things that actually happened and some of which didn't happen, but it all happened under the banner of Christ and it all happened because Beowulf's this big hero and he's the greatest king who ever lived. I think that's what they were going for. So that's why there's very little Christianity in the first half of the movie. And then in the second half, they're like, not only has Beowulf always been king and always been the best and always but will be, but we've always birth, been we've always been crosses, Christian. Yeah. You know, so at least in that movie, I I think I understand what they were going for. Yeah, in the two thousand five version, I think it's just what you said. I think that the the idea of the Christian missionary is just such like a such a tropey kind of thing that everybody understands what that means, and you just put it in like a period piece, and you understand like oh, this is. You know, I get what this guy's about because he's a Christian and he's expanding and he's, you know, spreading the word to non-Christians. Like, we've seen that. And, like, I think that's such a good trope because it happened literally everywhere. So you can set a movie or a TV show anywhere and have, like, these Christian missionaries showing up and be like, hey, have you heard the word of God today? Yeah, this is not going
1: to end well. (laughs) Yeah, and
0: you're just like, oh, man, these motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. I think I think in 2005, it's less valuable to what the movie is trying to say yeah. than in 2007.
1: 2005, though, did also have, just to acknowledge how Beowulf 2007 is clearly showing us that the story of Beowulf is a lie that is passed down, 2005's Beowulf and Grendel does that too in a pretty cool way, um, especially at the end there's this poet who's been traveling with them and he sort of tells them what just happened yes, from time to I time. I loved that. And it's so cool, yeah, because you hear him start to I think he might even mention Kane at the end. Maybe I'm making that up, but he's definitely referencing actual parts of the epic poem. I loved When that. he's summarizing. Yeah.
0: That was so good. And he's like he's like bullshitting as they're doing yes. it. And he's kind <laughs> of doing it like to be funny. And all of Beowulf's boys are, like, loving it. Like, Rory yeah. McCain is laughing his ass off. And they're all just like, this is dope as fuck. Yeah. And But you, you see it being written. So I think in that way, you're right. That, like, I, I do think both of these movies are kind of... I wrote down, I think they're a little bit revisionist. Yeah. But I think also they're just meta, you know? Like, we have to respond to this. And, we have to make this yeah. mean something, you know? And I think both of them landed on this idea of well, this is a story that's being told that it's that's not what really happened and like the story of Beowulf is more valuable than the history, right? Or like yeah. the realism.
1: So, and so I have basically two responses to that. First of all, I like the way 2005 Beowulf and Grendel did it better.
0: You think? I, I really I thought I it was liked cool. the poem. I had forgotten poet, about that. I'll Sharon give it to poet. you. That, that's pretty cool yeah. that he was just doing the poetry yeah. on the spot.
1: But my other comment would just be like, why can't we just have Beowulf then? like, Why do we need to have movies that are like, you haven't heard the real version. Like, Maybe this poem has an enduring legacy because it's a cool story and you could just tell me the fucking story.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I Because I don't know... If it's actually a good story, and I think the writers of these two movies concluded that it's actually not that fire.
1: Yeah, that is actually that's that's my main question here. Is is, is the epic fired? poem not actually worth making a movie of?
0: I don't think it is. Yeah, I mean, so I I you know I haven't read the poem. You know, I I think like twenty years ago there was a really popular translation. I think the guy's name was Seamus. Healy, Does that sound right?
1: I have seen the name Healy about, so... Okay.
0: So I think the guy's name is Seamus Healy. Really popular translation came out. Probably the best. There might be a better one that's come out since. I don't know. I haven't read it. Shame on me. Whatever. My understanding, or my guess is that it's probably just still read because it's really old and because Mm -hmm. if you're either really patient or somewhat of a linguist, you can read the old English and get a little bit of an understanding of it and have a connection to that time period. Right. Yeah. That's, that's really cool, but that doesn't mean that the story itself is all that dope, you know? Yeah. And so I think like, I, I mean, I didn't even know that this 2005 Icelandic production existed and, and, the 2007 Hollywood movie, it's like, why did they make this? You know? Like, who is demanding this Beowulf movie? Yeah. You know and what I mean? who
1: told you to make it with CGI?
0: Right. <laughs> Let's reconsider that. <laughs> right. So much of it, it's, it's why. But, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know if, um, if, if it's really a story that stands the test of time. And, you know, I could be wrong. Like, I feel like the Beowulf stands should come out here and <laughs> and Beowulfs tell us stand. Tell us like what what's so great about this poem that you don't get in something that's come since. You know what I mean? But I doubt that it's anything that we haven't gotten. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean I'm thinking, what's the epic of Gilgamesh? Mm-hmm. Nobody's clamoring to make that a movie, you know? So some things are just old and that's why they're They're enduring, you know, because we haven't lost it yet, you know?
0: Well, it's like, it's like, um, the Noah movie. Was it?
1: The Noah movie with Emma Watson.
0: Was it Emma Watson? Yeah. Was it called Noah? Yeah. So I I think it's more like that where it's like. the
1: rock angels.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was cool (laughs) where it's like, we have this connection to this story, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and even people in, in our society, in, in the U.S. who aren't Christians, I feel like a lot of people know the story, but especially Christians will mm-hmm. be very familiar. You you kind of know the story, like you've heard it before, and then they do this revisionist thing where they make it about environmentalism and environmental degradation and include all these like new themes that probably didn't exist when you heard it in Sunday school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and do it in a cool way and they're like yeah this is a new movie plus and the it's...
1: introduction of some stowaway who is like trying to kill them I don't really remember the plot
0: <laughs> I'd have to see this movie again I don't know I just don't know if I just don't know if Beowulf uh, needs to be a movie
1: Yeah in my frustration that these movies weren't portraying the epic poem faithfully. I wrote a question to David, would good versus evil not be interesting enough for a movie? Because it's my understanding in the poem that Beowulf is just a good hero. And Grendel and his mother are just evil. And he understands them in a way and knows that he can defeat them because he is so sure. Like, he is so committed to his own goodness. And again, I... Can't really say that I've read the poem, but if that is what it is, why can't this just be a story of good versus evil? Is it honestly just not interesting to see someone good defeat evil?
0: No, I think we have plenty of stories where good is very good and evil is very evil and good defeats evil. Like we have Star Wars. So we have Lord of the Rings. Hobbit's. We have
1: a, Oh, but even Star Wars, I feel like Star Wars is a prime example of first of all, that story won't stop telling itself.
0: Okay. And the more they Not come up the with Rey movies Star and stuff, Wars. it's all like, oh no. but the uh,
1: over generations is no, 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 really no. wrong.
0: But like okay, so like A New Hope through Return of the Jedi, like basic story. Or Lord of the Rings fellowship through uh, Yeah, Return Lord of the, of the Rings King. is pretty, you know, pretty perfectly good verse evil. We though. can have these these good verse evil stories. But I think that you you have to do it really well or people will hate it. And I think now, even more so than a couple decades ago, people demand, like, anti-heroes. And people want to see, like, oh, defending the bad guy and, you know, stuff like that. And I don't know, you know, whatever. And and I think that if you're going to do a good and evil story, you have to do it, like, really well. Or else people are going to be like, this is stupid, you know? Yeah. And I think Beowulf, especially, the audience, you know, I don't know how much the audience for, like, Hollywood CGI movies intersects with the audience who's read Beowulf, the epic (laughs) old English poem. Right. But, like, I would think that you would want to get those people thinking in a way that they hadn't thought before. And so I can see why they would want to do something a little bit different.
1: So actually, let's look at that. What... What themes and messages do these movies actually end up having, and what what are they trying to say? What are we meant to learn from what the movies actually give us?
0: Well, I think in 2007, I, was just, I, I think I understood that movie more so than 2005. The American version, I think I understood a little bit better. Um, I think that movie is about what it means to be a hero, and sort of the way that your legend or the the idea of being a hero can get ahead of what an actual human being is and what a human being is capable of. I mean, in this movie, Beowulf does some heroic things and does some really shitty things and then lies about them, and then he comes back and says he killed Grendel's mother without having done so, and Hrothgar says, okay, well Beowulf's gonna be my heir, and then immediately commits suicide. And Beowulf mm-hmm. becomes king, he inherits Frothgar's queen, who I guess they were kinda into each other beforehand, right? Yes. So that's okay, but like so he wins that. And uh basically he's the victor and then they sing his song and they tell everybody how great he is and they retcon everything to make it seem But it's like, all a lie. But it's 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 not all a lie. It's like half a lie. And they believe so much of it because they have no reason not to. They've seen him do like heroic things, yeah. but they don't know that the big thing that he did slaying Grendel's mother, that that is a lie. you know? Well, had, wait,
1: I just had a thought about that. Because I hated it when he succumbed to her seduction. I was like, okay, so you're not a hero mm-hmm. after all. But well, I don't, yeah, is I don't the think greatest that's true. hero the person who sacrifices their own virtue in order to protect their people? Because he was making a deal. I'll have sex with you and give you this golden cup and I will be king. Did she promise him peace? No. She, no, she promised that he would win because he, he that would, he wins would be, all battles. That he would
0: be the greatest king of Denmark mm-hmm. or something like that. But that he would personally would be invincible. But I do think that you're right that like he he's protecting his people in some way. Uh, so, I would
1: disagree with myself. I think he's protecting himself.
0: I think like it's it's complicated though. It I think is. I think he did do heroic things, and part of the deal is good for Danes, and it's also really good for him. And you can't untangle those things. And I think he feels conflicted for the rest of his life. And we see the next like forty, fifty years or whatever and before he has to actually face the consequences of his, of his actions. And he has the choice of passing that on to the next generation or ending everything that he did and possibly ruining his own legacy, you know, and ruining Denmark as a country and uh, hurting the people that he loves. And I think he realizes that it's better to risk doing so if you think it's for the greater good you know so I think it's like a complicated
1: still comes off as selfish to me and like weak that he couldn't resist her seductive ways because she's naked Angelina Jolie with a tail
0: braid thing and the tail braid was (laughs) hot am I wrong
1: Oh, what about the stilettos coming out of her heels?
0: Oh, wheels? yeah. She, she had... There was one shot where you see her feet and she's totally naked, but she still has stilettos. I <laughs> uh, Don't think I didn't notice that. Yeah.
1: But I... I guess if they're trying to show us the complexities of what being a hero is, i don't like it and maybe I don't like it to the degree that I I disagree with it I think we can be better than that well I don't know I
0: think like I I think it's trying to show the the idea of heroism it's not super clear-cut and you can be a hero while making mistakes or while making one mistake or while being even boastful you know I feel like in both movies and probably in the poem i think Beowulf's probably like really full of himself mm. like in the 2007 version the day after he cuts off Grendel's arm they're asking him to tell the tale again and he's just like and i cut off his arm and then i was like i am beowulf <laughs> and it's like we already saw you do that you know and he's just it's uh it's like in the Poirot movies how they're like you know, if I met anybody that says their name as much as you, you yeah, know, yeah. Beowulf is that guy. Beowulf says his name more than Poirot, you know. <laughs> but I think he learns what his mistakes were and uh, comes to terms with those. So I think I think that 2007 has a very interesting perspective. I don't understand 2005's perspective on heroism.
1: Well, I might like 2005's version better because it provides us with a kind of like a foil maybe not perfectly but beowulf is a hero coming to help some other dude in some other place like this is not beowulf's land and people that he's coming to protect
0: but for his own glory right it's like achilles and troy
1: maybe maybe motives aside why isn't the person in charge Taking care of business. Frothgar is so, drunk as fuck. And I think that's the thing we got to put the lens on Frothgar as sort of like the counterexample of a hero. And in 2005 version, this is the Marxist
0: interpretation. Okay,
1: 2005 <laughs> version. Hrothgar, we eventually find out, killed Grendel's father just over stealing a fish, mm-hmm. right? understood immediately why Grendel was attacking his hall and killing his men, but never told anyone. Well, and then he just
0: got drunk for the rest of the movie, right?
1: Yeah. And despite being drunk, the truth never came out. So, in vino veritas, perhaps not.
0: In vino no veritas. <laughs> in any case.
1: is letting this happen to his land because he won't admit mm-hmm. his own fault, even if it was just like a mistake. And Beowulf sees, like, he takes the course of the movie to see and understand, like, Krofgar's deceit as well as what Grendel is. But still understands that Grendel needs to be stopped and does the job of a hero, but not, he's not, like, happy about it. Like, he tells Selma, like, you have to protect your son because, like, he's the next in the line of monsters, you know? So I just, I think... But don't
0: you think that that is also falling into the same trap that Hrothgar fell into? I mean, Hrothgar spared Grendel because he had this idea of mercy. And then it came back to bite him in the ass and he didn't know necessarily what the right thing to do about it was. That's
1: right, because Selma even says to him, then you learn nothing from Hrothgar if you spared my son. But I think...
0: She knows. she knows. She knows.
1: But I just... I think that's more of a hero. Someone who can see that Frothgar is being deceitful, can understand Grendel's motivation, and still be like, look, this is the right thing to do, and it's not an easy thing to do, but I gotta do it. And if that makes me the villain to Selma's son, then... No,
0: here's where that's you're wrong. my mantle. Here's where you're wrong. Okay. Okay, so I think that you're right... In the sense that both of these movies are contrasting Beowulf with Hrothgar. And in the 2007 version, they explicitly call it Sins of the Father. Which, if you've seen the, the new Batman movie, it's hard to watch that and not think of <laughs> it. Yeah, it's the, hard
1: to hear Sins of the Father and not, yeah, think, it's it's of hard not to think of Robert Pattinson.
0: <laughs> or him <laughs> spray-painting his whole Wayne Manor. <laughs> hmm, what?
1: Why are you destroying your floor?
0: Yeah. Um, but I think they're both... So they're both about that and they're both about like the ways that Hrothgar fucked up and Beowulf is either going to make the same mistake or make a new choice. And in the 2005 version, he makes the exact same choices. He kills the monster that exists and spares the child, right? And maybe that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Right? And Hrothgar obviously thought that was the right thing to do, but later in his life came to regret it and brought in Beowulf. Because he still thought, I can't do this, you know? And in the 2007 version, it's basically the same thing happens, except that instead of sparing a child's life, it's, should I fuck this witch? And both of them decide to do it, right? To protect their kingdom and to... Oh yeah,
1: because Hrothgar was the first to have sex with Hrothgar Angel and Jolie.
0: is at least implied that he's the father the of father Grendel. father of Grendel, right? right. Um... Which I don't know if we've mentioned before. Maybe that's important. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Only in
1: the 2007 version. I guess yes. we should be clear. In the
0: 2007 yes. version. I think his wife is like really mad at him at some point. Because she And knows he's, he's like, I should never have told you about that. And you don't know what that is. But you assume it's...
1: Heavily implied, yes. It's that.
0: heavily implied. Um, and then Beowulf has sex with Grendel's mother and... Their uh union leads to this dragon monster that then comes back to to haunt him. And instead of doing what Hrothgar did and either ignoring it or just asking someone else to solve his problems, he realizes that this is a problem of his creation. And even though it like maybe makes him a terrible person, like he has to solve this. And like this is something that he started when he was working for Grothgar yeah. but he's he's gonna be responsible for finishing it
1: it is a pretty great scene when he cuts his arm the same way that Grendel had cut his arm earlier mm-hmm. because that's what Beowulf needs to do in order to reach the dragon's yeah. heart and,
0: yeah. and kill it there's a long CGI battle but it ends with uh, Beowulf um, hanging by his arm and cutting it off and attacking the dragon's heart and then they both fall after he's attacked the heart and they fall onto the beach and they get washed away in the uh in the in the sea
1: so the difference in the 2007 version you're saying is that frothgar don't know if he made a deal with grendel's mother or what but he had his union with her and when his offspring, Grendel, attacked, he wasn't hero enough to take care of it. Beowulf making the same decision to lay with Grendel's mother results in the dragon. But when his sins come home to roost, he takes it upon himself to deal with it. That's what makes him a hero.
0: Well, look, okay. That's, that's a perfect summation of what I said. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like I'm most influenced by which movie I liked better. And I think I liked the 2007 version better, so I'm more inclined to agree with its <laughs> viewpoint. But, like, I, I can't disentangle those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, yes, I think you, you perfectly summarized my reasoning for for why I think that it's a more interesting idea, Yeah, the 2007 version. I don't think the 2005 version really did anything for me. For you,
1: because I, I still gotta say 2005 but like, is more what a hero. What,
0: to what was interesting about what Beowulf did in that movie?
1: He uncovered everything that was going on, you know. And I gotta say, I did. I as so I he said, he was Sherlock I Holmes. Kept, I mean, he was, he was a little around there. I told David multiple times when we were watching it, we should just turn this off. This is. I'm not going to show this to my students. This movie's terrible. Let's stop. And what did I say? <laughs> you said I'm caught up in the story. Now we got. I said keep it's watching. two o'clock
0: in the morning. If we don't finish this tonight, I'm going to be so mad about having but to watch thought, more of this tomorrow. I
1: I did get caught up in it, and when I realized what Beowulf was sort of untangling, I thought, you know, he did it. Can I add one more thing to his whole just. What might make him different than Hrothgar in the 2005 Beowulf and Grendel movie? Yes. And I will say, I only read this online because I did not understand that's what I was seeing in the movie itself.
0: Hit me with it. Let me me know.
1: At the end of the movie, there's a, um, you know, burial fire thing. Yes. That's Grendel. He is giving Grendel an actual
0: funeral. Yeah. Yeah, you understood yeah, that? that? Oh my
1: god, that totally went over. They're remember.
0: giving him like a Viking funeral and they have him go under this like rock formation with uh, like some sort of raining fire coming down.
1: I thought the raining fire was in the 2007
0: movie. Oh, maybe I'm going <laughs> to
1: No, no, I think it's just a regular. I don't think it's on a on a ship. I'm really, I'm struggling to remember the scene and maybe that's why I totally missed it. But I think it was just a stone, what do you call it when it's just a stone? Is is it a pyre when it's... I guess. Yeah.
0: Like Darth Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi? You know, I
1: don't watch Star Wars. But that's Grendel. And so Beowulf might be better than Hrothgar because when Hrothgar killed Grendel's father, he just kicked him down onto the beach. And that's like, I've killed you and I've disrespected you, but Beowulf conflicted, but knowing it was the right thing, killed Grendel and then gave him an honorable burial. Alright,
0: here's the last thing I'll say. I think that it's possible that I just like the 2007 version more, but I think it it told even if you disagree with the message about what heroism is, I thought it told a more interesting story of that heroism than 2005, and whether that's because of the production values, the pacing, the writing, I just I don't know.
1: I think we just I think we just clearly disagree here, so we're not going to... Okay. Shifting gears from our intractable argument, let's. uh, I know we both wanted to talk about Hrothgar, um, who obviously we've talked about a lot. He's been relevant to so much of our discussions in this podcast. But I think the actors that they got for Hrothgar in both of these movies, I would say, is the... Standout name, yes, right. Because you've got Anthony Hopkins in well, Angel- Angelina Jolie
0: is a standout name, but yeah, plus she's. I, I think Hrothgar is not a household name, but he is one of the top characters in both of these movies. You know,
1: right. But in terms of like prestige of the 2007 Beowulf movie, you got to give it to Anthony Hopkins. But At they weren't
0: they weren't advertising it on on his naked body, you know,
1: <laughs> right. Then in a, And then in the 2005 Beowulf and Grendel movie, you've got Stellan Skarsgård. In yeah. any case, all I'm saying is great actors. undeniably yes. so.
0: Both in the Thor movies a few years I, later.
1: Yeah. I kept thinking that with... Uh, I just said his name. With Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> oh. <okay. laughs> so... The depiction of Hrothgar in both movies is quite different, but with some similarities. I mean, he's a king who has just experienced this huge loss and is feeling impotent to stop it and whether it's his you know way of coping or if this is just how he's always been he is drunk um like all the time
0: so he was drunk <laughs> in both movies because when we finished the second movie like a day later i was like is he was he drunk in the first one was he drunk so but he was a drunk in yeah. both.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, I think in the two thousand five Beowulf and Grendel movie, it was very clearly like, I'm in mourning and I've I i do not know anything to do. In two thousand seven version, the first time we see him, he is drunk off his ass, but he's celebrating, so it might oh, yeah, have just been like, his personality.
0: He strips down for no reason.
1: He's wearing like kind of like a toga thing, and he just keeps gesticulating and everything. And at one point, just the sheet. You see it just slowly coming off. And but
0: he meant to do that.
1: Maybe, right. And this movie loved almost showing you peen, so they definitely made use of the cutaway.
0: It was weird because <laughs> they I think they showed Angelina Jolie's groin, right? They did,
1: and it was a Barbie groin. It was yeah, it weird. was like a fake groin, yeah.
0: but they didn't show you uh, anybody's penis. Yes. Except they would have like a sword or something in front of it, yeah.
1: Regardless, two-for-one, where we discuss the uh, you know sexual anatomy of these characters. Well, whatever. Um, but, Frothgar. Uh, yeah, he was just drunk and like celebrating and just being an embarrassment to his queen. So, I think the way he comes off as this drunk, despondent king is very different. And I gotta say, I loved Stellan
0: Skarsgård's Frothgar
1: yeah I, I, I thought he was great
0: Yeah, I, I so the impression I got is I just remember like this one scene where it was like the morning after a drunken night and he was clearly hung over or something um, and he was talking to Beowulf and it just seemed like he was almost like out of his depth but not because he couldn't handle it but just like almost like in grief or um, I don't want to say by choice but just like traumatized you know and, like, he was just still dealing with all this stuff. And I thought that was great, yeah.
1: I wonder if you're thinking of the same scene. My favorite part, and as I mentioned earlier, my favorite parts of the movie were always when Beowulf and Hrothgar were talking. Um, but Beowulf has talked to Selma. He's starting to figure out, like, Grendel's only attacking certain people. Like, someone did something. And he's trying to talk to Frothgar about it. And Hrothgar does not want to have this conversation. <laughs> And, I mean, this movie, they are just cussing every which way, so the language is pretty hilarious in a lot of the dialogue, but Stellan Skarsgård just gets up from the conversation and goes, stop fucking asking me why a troll fucking does what a troll fucking does.
0: I forget about that. That was amazing. So nothing was done to the troll itself. Oh, Beowulf, it's a fucking troll! Then don't sell my heart with talk about why a fucking troll does what a fucking troll does! It
1: was so, it's so the anger in his voice of just exasperation, like, leave me the fuck alone!
0: But I loved that, because I think that's like, that's the the ethos of the the poem, right? Is that (laughs) like, it doesn't fucking matter what this troll is about. Like it's a troll, and you should kill it, right? That's what you're saying about like good and evil,
1: right? But in this movie, because it's more complicated than right. that, Beowulf's like I'm trying to find the truth, and Hrothgar is just obstinate, and I, I think but he's it's, still it's he's, ridiculous. He's still lovable. Is just what I was gonna say. Like you still believe he wants to be a good king, but he just he doesn't have it in him anymore.
0: I. Yeah, I think he's he's not up to the job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that it's, it's weird because the sin is not as bad as it is in the 2007 version. Mm-hmm. Like, if he just tells Beowulf, like, I should have ended this a long time ago and I didn't. Like, I should have killed this kid. And it would have been, like, a bad thing to do. But it would have probably been good for everybody involved. I don't know. He could have just told Beowulf that. You know, that's not like a huge secret. But I don't know, I, I don't think that's like this uh, oh your your deepest, darkest secret is that you did what most people would think of as like a merciful thing.
1: Well he probably feels conflicted like I get it.
0: I get it, but like I think it's more interesting to be conflicted about doing a bad thing that has good consequences than about doing a good thing that has bad consequences, mm-hmm. I suppose. But I don't know. Like maybe I just convinced myself that I like the other way better. I don't know.
1: Well, let me call out one thing you said a second ago, and also to bring the comparison now to Anthony Hopkins. You said that the two thousand and seven Beowulf, uh, the Frothgar played by Anthony Hopkins, did a greater sin, which I think, you know, viewed very puritanically. In two thousand and seven, the sin of both uh, Anthony Hopkins' Frothgar and Beowulf is they had sex.
0: Uh, well, I think it's more about, you know, what you were saying, like, what they, what the reasons that they were doing it for. If
1: they were doing it for greed or, right, you know, you know, ego.
0: I don't, I don't think, like, the sex is, in these movies, I don't know about the poem or whatever. And well, she I don't was, think Beowulf <laughs> had any sex with anybody in the poem. I don't know.
1: Angelina Jolie's characterization of Grendel's mother, I mean, it's so much more than just a moment of infidelity. Like, she is clearly meant to be evil like by laying right. with her they are accepting this evil right thing.
0: it's like the sex it, it's not that the sex is uh, the evil deed it's that it is like a symbol of their pact and right that,
1: and plus it gives her a child and that right is clearly symbolic so it's not purely wants. symbolic cuz even at the end yes. she's like i am wiglaf like your net
0: yeah yeah so at the end of the movie uh they send Beowulf off and then Wiglaf sees the uh, drinking horn that Right, Hrothgar Beowulf's guy, they,
1: they do his funeral pyre, and yeah, Wiglaf sees the drinking horn that had been the sort of covenant with Grendel's mother. Right.
0: And then... For possibly, we don't know, but definitely possibly. Beowulf and possibly Hrothgar as well. Yeah. Um, and then he sees uh, Grendel's mother... In the waves, and she's kind of beckoning to him, and we don't really see Uh, what happens. And the movie
1: cuts off, like, please. I liked it. Tell me what Wiglaf decides. Don't tell me that I should use my imagination. Like, tell me the story. Come on.
0: All right, all right, all right. Normally, I would agree, but in this case, I liked it, and I have no argument for it. It's so
1: strange to me that you like this movie so much.
0: All right, well. well, uh, is there anything else you wanted to get into before we just get into which we liked better and then, you know, next version?
1: Did you want to make any sort of argument for Anthony Hopkins' Trothgar being better than Stellen Skarsgård's? Because no no, Skarsgård. no, 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 no. I,
0: I love both of these actors. Like, uh, you know... Anthony Hopkins, I think... Uh, it was It was very unexpected. I would have to watch this movie again, but it was very unexpected that he just committed suicide... Yeah. Um, It
1: seemed almost like he was released from his pact in that moment. Like, clearly something extra, like, mystical was going on. So,
0: I wonder if, um... I wonder if, like, watching it again, you would see Hrothgar's... Like, you would see him knowing what he's done and knowing his agreement with Grendel, or, like, even that he had an agreement with Grendel. Or, sorry, Grendel's mother. And seeing him in that light would change the uh, the way that you saw his actions, especially making Beowulf king and then immediately committing suicide, right? Yeah. Um, I do wonder that. Uh, the only other thing that I wanted to bring up before we move into the, the closing is just... The 2007 version, when I saw the commercials for this, I was like, this looks like a piece of, uh, of trash. But, like, the director... Robert Zemeckis has done some fucking amazing things. Oh, like what? Back to the Future, oh. Forrest Gump, Castaway, and then as a cursor to this, The Polar Express. Ugh. Which I think was like the very first, like, we're going to do fully motion capture CGI yeah. thing. I I've hated never seen it. it. Oh,
1: I hated it. I've never seen it. So. I mean, and purely for the CGI. It is like. I mean, the Uncanny Valley in 2007's Beowulf is bad. Polar Express, I find, unwatchable.
0: Aside from that, I mean, Robert Zemeckis has made some great films, right? With Tom
1: Hanks. I mean, maybe Tom Hanks Hanks. is just a great actor.
0: Well, Back to the Future, I mean, everybody loves Back to the Future. And one of the writers on this movie was also Neil Gaiman, who...
1: Right! Oh, I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, I have no idea what his contribution to the movie was, but it is, uh... Interesting.
1: You know, that almost makes perfect sense for me because this is my thing with Neil Gaiman. I read American Gods, and I loved it. And I love everything that Neil Gaiman is about and the genre
0: he's in. You love in. Good Omens.
1: I like the, the show, yeah. And I guess he's a writer on the show. I love the movie Stardust, you know? I enjoyed the book Stardust, but I just never feel like I like him as much as I feel like I should. Well, he know? likes
0: to be... I think he likes to be in the unsettling area, you know?
1: No, like Coraline, sort of like that. Well, not um,
0: just like, not just like viscerally unsettling, but I think he likes to be like, I'm, I'm not going to leave you satisfied, you know? Mm.
1: Maybe. I just, I feel like some people really love him and I'm like, I love fantasy. I, I love, really love him. I love mythology and everything, but I don't, he doesn't hit it for me quite the same way. And I will say the same thing about 2007's Beowulf. Like, I should love this. Like, I love Norse, Viking, aesthetic, all that. And Neil Gaiman's writing it, and both the story and the writer, I'm like, I should like this. And I kind of like, meh. You know?
0: Meh. Alright, the only other thing I wanted to say is that Beowulf in 2007's version looks like uh, Sean Bean, and I have to wonder... I have no evidence for this, but I have to wonder if they wanted Sean Bean. And they were like, start animating as if it's Sean Bean. And then they were just like, it's not Sean Bean. But like, he's a good looking guy. Just keep doing it.
1: I think you might be right.
0: Because it looks exactly like him, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And he did, uh, you know, he did Troy. He was um, Odysseus, right? In Troy. Mm. Uh, And obviously, a million other things. Uh, But... That, it just makes me wonder. Um, anyway, why don't we get to, uh...
1: Which movie did you like better?
0: In many ways, the work of a critic is
1: easy. We risk very little, yet enjoy a position over those who offer up their work and their selves to our judgment.
0: Well, I liked the 2007 version better. I, I could picture myself watching that movie again. I don't know if I could sit through the 2005 version again. I really... It was a struggle. I mean, you were struggling. I was. It was hard. And I'm surprised you've been so positive on this movie because that night, you were like, you know, it's midnight, let's put this on. And I was like, do we have time? And you were like, we'll stay up for it. And then 20 minutes later, you were like, this is terrible. Let's turn it off.
1: Yeah, that is true. And the storytelling was strange. A lot of things coming out in the last 10 15 minutes of the movie. That's weird. I, yeah, I don't think it's a very well made movie. I completely agree. However, 2007, for having everything going for it, they also decided to make a crazy CGI motion capture. So I want to give them a lot of negative points just for that.
0: No, I understand that. Do you think that if it was a, like, if they did it straight, and didn't do the motion capture. Do you think it would be a much better movie, or yeah, like easier th- to take seriously? I don't know. Definitely,
1: don't know. definitely yes. But I think also when it comes down to it, I didn't really like either of these movies. But I love the story, and I liked this. I like the story Beowulf, general. I preferred 2005's interpretation of the story. I liked the story that Beowulf and Grendel told me. I don't care for the story that 2007's Beowulf told me. And I don't like the way it looked. And there are some things, like I told you, David, there are some scenes from the first time I ever saw it that have really stuck with me. Like, clearly, it is a Hollywood movie. Like, there are some things that Hollywood can do, but... Can I pick neither movie? I mean, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I mean, would you ever watch... If, like, a year from now, I was like, do you want to watch Beowulf? Would you be like, which one? Or would you be like, let's do it. Or would you be like, fuck off? <laughs> uh, I,
1: well, if you were asking me, then I would be sure that we were watching the 2007 version. Um, I I could certainly watch either of them again. And part of that is just even when it's not great you know if there's something in there for me to to enjoy it's similar to when david and i had a whole king arthur marathon we watched every movie with a depiction we watched, of king arthur
0: well we watched five
1: so is first night with richard Gere a great movie the answer no. Is no why have i watched it like five why times why has anyone watched it five times something there, you know, and I, I, like, I feel that way about both of them. I
0: like the uh, the gauntlet that he runs. The gauntlet's so That's so cool. Looking. When you're a kid, it's like the it's like the adult version of the Nickelodeon thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that.
1: But now we've got like American Ninja Warrior and everything, so the gauntlet just looks really. Hokey. Yeah, we've got better
0: versions <laughs> of the gauntlet now, but we didn't in the early nineties, you know.
1: Oh, but yeah, I would, I would put both of these firmly in the same camp as first night for me.
0: I feel that. I think, um, it, so we watched the 2005 Icelandic Canadian version in one sitting and I think we were both very tired and, and, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel it, you know? And then we watched the 2007 American version in two sittings, right? Three sittings.
1: Yeah, and readjusting to the CGI each time was
0: right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the first half hour I think we watched, and the second half hour we watched the next day, and then the third day because we only had the movie for forty eight hours on Amazon. <laughs> we we're like, we gotta power through the rest of it. And I loved this. I loved the second half of the movie, you know. But I I didn't watch it all in one sitting, and I have no idea what you would feel like if you did that. Yeah. So I would watch it again, but. I just, I can't vouch for the entirety of the movie. You know, I think it's it's all a strange story. You know, it's all a story that I sort of question whether it needs to be told, mm-hmm. you know, whether we've done better since then. And even if you're going to be revisionist about it, like, are you really saying something interesting? Yeah. Um, and the visuals are really hit or miss.
1: I think this leads us into our... Final question, David. If you were making the movie, what would
0: you do? I've got the most scathingly brilliant idea. I well, I think I think you could make an animated version that would be really cool, but not try to do the motion capture thing.
1: I'm thinking about like the uh, The Witcher series on Netflix had an yeah. animated movie between season one and season two. Yeah. Sort of that aesthetic?
0: Something like that, yeah. I mean, just sort of telling the story, and I think, maybe I'm wrong, but I think the poem is told in kind of three parts because there's three different monsters, right? There's Grendel, the mother, mother, and the the dragon. dragon, Right? And I think doing uh, a movie where the three acts are those three things, and those are all external to Beowulf, and I think that's a no no in writing today having the plot be external to your main character. I I, don't, I think most most writers shy away from that because you want the plot to be intersecting with your character arc.
1: You mean like internal conflict and everything?
0: Yeah, you want it to at least be reflecting or intersecting with the internal conflict Which of your main character. Which
1: 2007's Beowulf obviously did. They did.
0: But I think like if you did a, like a three-part, two-hour movie you know first 40 minutes is grendel next 40 minutes is grendel's mother next 40 minutes is the dragon you know i think you could probably come up with a character arc for that that would work i don't know it's it's hard to say without having read the you know the source right, material how would you
1: interpret this poem that you Exactly
0: never you know i i think like from what i can see of the problems with these two movies i think they're both reacting to the writer is not thinking that the original story is good enough. That makes me think that the original story is probably crap. You know? <laughs> but so it, it's just hard to say. But what, what do you think?
1: I would not do animated. Um, I love a lot of animated stuff, but I think I do hold that sort of bias of don't take animated seriously you know and especially for an action film yeah i would definitely lean towards live action a couple things that i would want to make sure of number one make grendel a monster you know this large man in 2005's beowulf and grendel the human-eyed humanoid thing in 2007 i want a monster i want to be scared who do we talk about spielberg Give me a monster like Spielberg would give me.
0: So I feel like uh, Hollywood culture goes back and forth between, like, do we want realistic depictions of things, and do we want, like, can we do whatever the fuck we want, you know? Mm. And I I often think about Troy, and I really like Troy.
1: Troy's a great movie.
0: But if Troy was made, like, literally 10 years before, well, 10 years before they wouldn't have made it, but if it was made 10 years after gods would have been in the movie. Like, the supernatural would would have been in the movie. And that would have been really cool. So where do you land on that? Like, should the supernatural be explicit in Beowulf? I mean, it's about a monster and a dragon. Like, it's hard not to.
1: Well, I mean, what's supernatural, David? Because, again, I think the Judeo-Christian ideas, like, it's just a monster. There's There's no gods here.
0: So you think you could do something where the monster is not human... Not a pseudo-human.
1: Well, first of all, I don't find dragons very interesting. So I think we can cut out the entire dragon. Maybe if we want to do young Beowulf and old Beowulf, you know, which is what the dragon is, like 50 years later or whatever, have Grendel's mother be the 50 years later thing. Not something that immediately happens a week after you kill Grendel, you know? Like, that's so jarring. Like, we won. We didn't win. Oh, we won. Like, you know? (laughs)
0: So, how have we had so many, like, Morgan Le Fay stories? Do we have any Grendel's mother stories? Ooh. Because we could do a Grendel's mother movie.
1: Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Wait, let me tell you what I'm thinking here.
0: So you hate my idea.
1: No, but I just want to fully explain mine before we explore others. Okay. I hear what you're saying about the whole external thing. If Beowulf is this external... Force, he should be a catalyst for the character development of the people of the hall, and I think what we should really have is more interactions between Hrothgar, Beowulf, and way it's more unfirth. So
0: much of that.
1: Way more unfirth is what Fuck I'm Unferth. saying. Unfirth. No, because unfirth is the actual bad guy, or at least that's. I mean, I've read this children's version that made him that way and apparently in the epic poem he's really not so bad I think it should be more like an exploration of of characters and an exploration of like you know who's making the right decisions here when these things happen
0: so do you think that the religious aspect should be explored or do you think that's played out
1: I don't know if there's much religious aspect to explore I think this is more of just a monster story
0: so you think that's just, like, totally a Hollywood invention. Let's just ignore that.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think, if if anything, like, maybe a cool sequence. Ooh, a cool sequence of, like, Cain. Yeah. I could, I could get into that. You're
0: just thinking about Noah now.
1: No, you know what I'm thinking about? I don't even... I've, In I Noah, don't... they
0: literally had this sequence of, oh, like, Oh, God, it was Kane so cool. Cain killing Abel and then repeated through history of like different wars. Yeah, it was so fucking good.
1: Yeah, well, that plus the creation of the world, all of that. Those the same. I yeah. think that was the same sequence. Yeah, it was so yeah. good. But no, I we'll was never do thinking. anything as
0: great as that. So I was you should thinking watch about that in Harry part.
1: Potter, which I'm not a fan of the Harry Potter movies. So I've really only seen the later ones once. But one of them is explaining the three guys who got the wand, the cloak, mm-hmm. and the, uh... Whatever the The
0: thingy, thing is. yeah.
1: Yeah. And... Yeah, this is the It's like favorite. a cool, extra yeah. thing. Like... Deathly Hallows. I would like a cool, extra thing telling me about Cain. But that's not really relevant to the story and the exploration of these no. characters. No. But if you're just asking me do I think it would be cool to include religious aspects? Hell yeah, I would. I'm all about that. <laughs> you know? But... It's been like three minutes store, later,
0: I still don't know what your answer is.
1: I'm saying I don't think it's central to the story, but I think it be a, it could be a cool addition to the overall.:
0: vibe. So in your two-hour movie, what is what is the 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 spine of the movie? Unfirth's deceit. So you want like would it be cool if it was mostly Unfirth?
1: Let's make a movie about Grendel's mother. Let's make a movie about Unferth. You like these villain-focused movies. Well,
0: you're just asking... You're saying, like, oh, it should be about Unferth as a character. And I'm like, well, should it be about Unferth? And you're like, I don't know.
1: You know, I guess maybe because I want to be preserving Beowulf as a hero. And I guess it comes back to, like, if he's not having to reckon with his own flaws and faults, you know, what much is there for him to do?
0: Yeah. Well, I think... That, that might be the flaw in this poem is that there's not much there
1: maybe he's too trusting or something yeah I'd have to come up with some flaw but I would I wouldn't want it to be something like 2007s version where I feel like he directly led to all of those people being murdered by the dragon you
0: know all right well I gotta ask who is the who's your dream Beowulf who's your dream this guy's a hero
1: the version I read had A depiction of Beowulf that was very reminiscent of T.H. White's description of Lancelot. And Lancelot, in in the book, The Once and Future King, not an attractive guy. But in every depiction we have of him in a movie, he's, you know, Richard fucking Gear. Maybe not your idea of a dreamboat, but a handsome guy, right? What? Well, what I'm saying is, maybe Beowulf doesn't need... To be the hero archetype in form. Like, maybe there's more to being a hero than... Like, in 2007, he's just always, Oh, take my armor off so you can just see my naked body. <laughs> like, I don't... Like, are you a hero? What are you doing? They're like,
0: Beowulf, why are you doing this again? And he's like, shut up. <laughs> no, so, I, I don't
1: have someone specific in mind, but I would like to explore him being more than just this buff guy.
0: Well, I like the... Uh... I like your comparison to Lancelot in The Once and Future King, not just because that's my favorite book, but I think that Lancelot is obviously an exploration of what a hero is, Mm -hmm. and at times is not a hero, but like is a very good person, you know, and and I think you're right, like he, we, we really get it from his perspective mostly that he thinks he's not a very good looking person, so I don't know. It's hard to think of, like, young actors, you know?
1: Right, because they're up and coming. They're not they're here up and yet. coming.
0: <laughs> like, I don't want to say, like, it's somebody that you know. I don't know. Uh, but I think I agree with that. Like, it would be good to have, like, a Beowulf that is actually heroic, actually humble, and actually, like, doesn't look the part, you know? Yeah.
1: All right, well, this has been fun. I I did not expect us to disagree so much.
0: Wait, so how strongly did you really think that the two thousand five version was better than the two thousands? You don't really think no, I don't
1: I don't think it's a good movie. I don't I wouldn't say it's necessarily a better movie, but I think it tells a better story.
0: Oh, that's so crazy. It tells it's so much It doesn't tell the
1: story very well, but the elements of the story that it has It's just so
0: bad. okay. All right, all right, fair (laughs) enough, you know. All right, well I will say that the 2007 version has a fire credits song, and we're gonna close it out with that. Well, did you not think so? <laughs> um, all
1: right, let's roll the song.
0: No, no. So the, we watched the movie, and I was like, I was like, all right, that was an interesting movie, kind of. And then the song came on, and it was so like Frozen meets Lord of the Rings, it, but like. <laughs> 50% worse. That's a great you description. Know? It was oh, just God. like so bad. And then I looked it up and it's Dina Menzel. They got her to sing the song.
1: Really? Yes. Oh my God. I
0: don't know who wrote the song <laughs> or how it got into the movie because it does not fit totally in the movie.
1: No, it doesn't fit at all. It's jarringly bad. It's, it's about <laughs> like
0: a hero comes home.
1: It is telling us, David, that a hero
0: always, comes home. Always, <laughs> always comes home, right? Yeah. Uh, So we're going to play it out with with that song. But uh, we we appreciate you listening. It's been uh, Two for One with uh, David and Claire. Yeah,
1: thanks guys. See you next time.